It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's all number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Christian. He does great work over at WTOP Sports. That is out there in the DMV, the Washington, D.C. area. We're going to be chatting with them a little bit about what we're going to be getting in college basketball on Tuesday. A couple of that. I know he's got a little bit of an NHL angle for us as well. We'll be taking a little bit of a look at what we're getting out there on the ice as well. So we're going to have some fun there in the front half and the back half of the hour. Going to get you guys set for what we're going to be seeing in college basketball on Tuesday. And if we find any live betting angles for the Monday card as well, we'll be keeping you guys rest there as and now we're heading into the half with this Baylor TCU game currently being 25 to 23. This has been grody action to say the least as I mean, this has been just two teams that have been stone cold awful with regards to offense, just going at it time and time again. And while they might be cold, something that is always warm and something that is always firing also. And there's the folks behind the scenes here at Visa and they are the reason why you always get such great content here on the Sports Betting Network. You've got my producer, Brian. He does such an excellent job of setting me up for success with all these tremendous guests. And he keeps me in line as well, which is one of the most difficult tasks here at VEASAN. He's got a podcast of his own as well because I've got my college basketball podcast, Coast Coast Hoops podcast. He's got the Concierge Confidential podcast for anyone that's ever looking for hotspots to go to in lovely Las Vegas to get a nice meal, to get a nice beverage, what have you. He's got you covered there and does a great job handicapping the Oscars as well. So he's always very much appreciated. If you're watching on visa.com, if you're watching on YouTube TV, just anywhere that you're getting moving pictures of visa, it is Alexis who does a tremendous job of making everything look nice, crisp, and clean. And that is a very difficult task when you've got myself to work with. Making me look good in a video format that is not easy, and yet Alexis, she always manages to make this product look good. We always do appreciate that, and we always appreciate all the audio coming through nice, crisp, and clean. That is courtesy of our good friend Taylor. He is our audio engineer, always sets us up for success there, whether you're listening on SportsMap Radio, whether you're listening on vston.com, whether you're taking a look at things. When it comes to just terrestrially, we're all throughout the country, the iHeartRadio app as well. You're able to catch us in a wide variety of ways. All thanks to Taylor. He does an amazing job getting things set up there. And you might be listening a little bit after the fact as well. Every single show here at VEASAN, you're able to download after the fact in podcast form, whether that be VEASAN tonight, which is coming up after myself. You do want to stick around for Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds. They do an absolutely tremendous job. You're able to Take a look at Follow the Money and Numbers Game, all of your favorites here at VEASAN. Just go to VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, list goes on and on. Search for the VEASAN Bets Bets feed. You'll be able to get every hour of every single show there. And it is Caesar who's doing a great job posting up all those hours. And he does such a good job, they named a palace after him. So 
Big thanks to everyone behind the scenes. They do such good work here at VSIM delivering the content that you all know and love. And because they're doing such a good job with their content, well, I need to be on point with regards to my picks. Right now, we are not looking so great with regards to the write-up from Monday in terms of Alabama A&M and Florida A&M that over. Currently, it's Florida A&M up 71 to 55 with a buck 30 remaining. So we're going to need some late game felling. We could use Alabama A&M to cut this to like 10 or so. And then all of a sudden, you play the foul game and then you know, we'll get the over. So that's what we're rooting for in that one. We shall see if that one comes through. And while we wait on that, I'm thinking that that one's probably going to go down in a fire heat. But you never know. College basketball it could be strange. It could be insane. And things could be strange and insane when it comes to this as well. We're seeing this number tick up. It is 621-622 on the card. It is Mississippi State, and they are going to be playing out to Kentucky. As Kentucky, they were finding themselves on the open as a favorite. You were finding them as more around a a two and a half or a very very slight favorite, and now this has come down. You're finding Kentucky as about a three or a half or so point underdog. So now this game is anywhere between 156 half to 157. And I was looking a little bit before because I was thinking that we were going to be able to get Mississippi State as a little bit of a slight underdog here, but I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. I set my total more around a 153, and with this Kentucky bunch, it has just been a lot of inconsistency for them in general, and this is going to be a battle of strength on strength. You've got a Mississippi State team that has been doing a very solid job in terms of their defense, a top 30 team in all of college basketball. They're going to points a lot on a per-possession basis now. You've got Kentucky coming off of just a monster sort of performance where they had 100 points up on the board against our good friends in Alabama with like nine minutes remaining in the second half of that game. That was just absolutely wild and crazy. And I do think that they're in for a little bit of coolage. You take a look at Kentucky's last two road games. They gave up 76 or points or fewer in both of those, which it doesn't sound like a ton. But you know what? When you're dealing with a total of about a 156 half like we've got right now, 75 is going to work. And with this Mississippi State team, they've been able to do a really nice job of being able to guard the three-pointer. And that is the bread and butter of this Kentucky team. Kentucky, it has been a squad that overall, they're number one in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage at 41% overall. This does take a little bit of a dive to 38.8% in a roadside shoot score venue, but this is still a Kentucky team that's pretty solid there. But they do overall score about 13.8 points fewer for when our possessions went away from them rather than when they are at home. You've got a Mississippi State team that as well. They're a bunch of, they don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to put the ball in the basket as we are taking a look at this Kentucky versus Mississippi State game right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And when it comes to Mississippi State, this has been a rough shooting team. They're about 127th at all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. Now, it's not as bad and as ghastly as it was last season, like last season for Mississippi State. Out of 363 D1 teams, they were literally 363rd in terms of their three-point shooting percentage. Good news is there was no way they could go down because you have now have 362 D1 teams this season. So, And they've been dead last once again. They would have been 362nd instead of 363rd. So yay, verily there. But Josh Hubbard has been able to give you about 14 to 15 points per contest. Tolu Smith has been able to give you a nice effort. Tolu Smith has done a nice job being able to supply you with about 14 points, eight rebounds per game. But that's a lot of what Mississippi State is going to be looking to do. Hitting the boards, trying to be able to get those second and third chances. Now, they do go up against a Kentucky team that in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. They are 152nd in all of college basketball, but 
I was alluding to it a little bit before. This Kentucky team hasn't been quite as ghastly with regards to their defense on the road rather than at home. As a matter of fact, for Kentucky, they're allowing a point fewer per 100 possessions in a roadside shoot court venue rather than at home, which I do find to be very intriguing. This is a Kentucky team that if you look at their points a lot on a per possession basis away from home. They're honestly a top 100 team with this regard. When they're at home, they're well outside the top 175. So that's been a little bit of an issue for you, but I do think that for Mississippi State, they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job in this matchup against Kentucky. I did set my line at three. The opener on this game was a two and a half. Now that we're starting to get to three, three and a half, it's starting to get away from me having a buy point here on Mississippi State, though. I know that as I am doing this show right now, Circa is putting up their openers. They're putting up an opener of two and a half. That would be the max I'd be willing to lay in between a two and a half and a three and a half. I would rather lay two and a half with Mississippi State rather than take three and a half with Kentucky. And when it comes to these sorts of scenarios as well, I do default a little bit more to a team being slowed down rather than sped up. I do think that it is easier to be able to slow a team down. I do think that Mississippi State is going to be looking to do that here in this scenario. You've got a Kentucky team that has just been running it and gunning it for all mankind. They're about fifth in the country with regards to total possessions per game. Meanwhile, you've got a rather controlled Mississippi State team that fully recognize that in those games against Alabama, they got a little bit cash as well. But even with that, they're able to stay relatively in control, 169th in the country with regards to total possessions per game. And they come in with confidence, having won five straight games. I do think that they're going to be able to make it six. Like I said, between two and a half and three and a half, would rather lay the two and a half like I'm seeing right now coming up at Circa rather than take a three and a half with Kentucky. But my right up here, we're going to be going with the under in the spot. I sort of thought I was going to be going with Mississippi State, but we have seen this number get ballooned quite a bit on Mississippi State, so going to be going with the under, and my write-up, that is going to be on this total under, as we've got ourselves some really good SEC action that is going to be happening for Tuesday, and this one is a game of intrigue for me as well. How about if we go 623-624? Georgia, they are going to be on the road against LSU, and LSU is a 3.5 to a 4-point favorite. Total on this game, it's going to be getting it at a 154, and with Georgia, I did set them as an underdog of five points. I'm going to be willing to lay it with LSU. LSU has been a bit of a different team ever since you've had some of those two-time transfers come back to the fold. Now, they've been dealing with just an on-again, off-again Jarius Crook all season long. They had him out of the fold to begin the season. He gets re-injured, so that's been a little bit of an issue. But Jordan Wright has really been the guy that has been stepping up, and he has been Mr. Wright for LSU. He's been able to supply you with about 14-plus points per contest. Going up against a Georgia team that... It's really hard to know what to make out of this Georgia team. Just because when it comes to Georgia, this bunch, they don't necessarily do one thing horribly, but they don't necessarily do one thing well either. They're like a team that's about 100th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. I like what you're able to get out of Noah Thomason, along with Jabri, Abdul Rahim, both of these guys. They've been able to supply you with about 13 points per contest. You've been able to have some of the younger guys be able to step up on the glass as well. You've got... Someone in RJ Melendez, who I think he embodies this team. He's someone that is like six foot eight, gives you like nine points, five boards. He doesn't do anything great, but he just does a little bit of everything. I think that the that's the best way to really encapsulate this Georgia team. But this LSU bunch, despite the fact that they don't have a single guy that's able to give you north of five and a half rebounds per game, they've been able to do a relatively solid job on the glass, and they go up against a Georgia team that is 244th in all of college basketball with regards to rebound rate. LSU, 
They're more around 179th in the country with Will Baker being a seven-footer that's able to grab a few boards, be able to pop a few threes, and really outside of Russell Chable, I've been able to give you about seven or so rebounds per game for Georgia. It's been a little bit tough for them. It is an LSU team that as well as the much better team at being able to generate turnovers than home court advantage has been very big out there in the SEC. So I'm going to be willing to lay the number here with LSU. So them as a five-point favorite. And at a 154, I think we've gone a little bit too far with this total. This is a man at a 153. Neither of these seems necessarily demonstrative with their three-point shooting numbers, but a man that is very good at gauging both the basketball and hockey front, that'd be Christian of WTOP Sports, and he joins me next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start that and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription today and by being a loyal listener to the Greg Peterson experience, you're saving $41. The typical price is $240. You get it for just $199. All you have to do is utilize the promo code for this show of easy enough, Greg, G-R-E-G. Get Visa Pro access to everything that we do for the entirety of the year with our daily best bet emails with a leader leaderboard to see which Visa expert has a hot aim. Betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving on every single game. Premium analysis, betting systems, 24-7 video access, plus our upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every single game and round of the tournament. Remember, utilize that promo code, Greg. Save yourself $40 on a Visa Pro annual subscription. That is over at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. It's great to be joined by this fan, Christian. He does absolutely tremendous work over at WTOP Sports that is out there in the DMV area, Washington, D.C. And Chris, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Greg, thank you so much for having me on. Got a couple of sweats going tonight, but you have provided me a couple of winners tonight. The under in the Drexel-Delaware game coming through for us on the hardwood tonight as well as Miami and the North Carolina under and the Hurricanes getting points so it's been a great night for us Greg absolutely and we are currently trying to root in the old Campbell fighting camels as well which that's one of the best mascots out there in all of college basketball you don't have to threaten me twice with a good time when we're when we're betting on the old fighting camels but that said when it comes to college basketball are there a few teams that right now you're feeling a little bit more bullish slash bearish on moving forward because it has been a very murky landscape in college basketball. And I feel like things have been very situational this year with so many teams just find themselves in strange scheduling spots and just these home court environments really taking hold in a lot of these matchups. Yeah, Seton Hall certainly has a really tough schedule throughout the course of the rest of regular season. Going to be taking on UConn, Marquette, but they'll be getting a good amount of points, I'm sure, in these matchups, and they've already taken down UConn this year. And look, this is a Seton Hall team that Kadari Richmond has seemingly gone away from driving to the hoop aggressively almost every possession in crunch time and trying to get fouled to being able to dish the basketball off to Davis, Alamir Dawes, guys like this who are all contributing and playing really good defense for Shaheen Holloway as well, too. Kadari Richmond, top steals getter um, in the Big East. So certainly doing a good job there, the Pirates. And another team, 
Kevin Willard used to coach Seton Hall, now coaching Maryland. I've backed Maryland the past couple of games here. Not a good team offensively by any means, I don't think, but Jameer Young can score. Dante Scott, somebody who can put a body on you, and they were getting a ridiculous amount of points against Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin should not be laying seven and a half against Maryland, and Maryland did cover that game. And then Maryland went to the rack this past weekend and got the win. So that was a great job by them. So, yeah, it was certainly a strong showing from the Terps this past weekend, but a little bit too late this year to make an NCAA tournament run. Yeah, it has been relatively rough for Maryland. But, hey, hope springs eternal when you do get into the Big Ten tournament as well. We've seen teams be able to make some very strange runs to say the least. Look no further than Penn State last year and what they were able to do because they were a bubble team. They make that run in the Big Ten tournament, and then they win a game in the NCAA tournament as well. And I do have to ask about this team because, well, once if they win the Big East tournament, they are not going to be going to the NCAA tournament. It is Georgetown. They are a 16-point underdog against Villanova with a total of 140. Just what do you make out of this game? Because we have already seen this dance once before. Last time these two teams played about a week and a half ago, Villanova completely pasted Georgetown by a count of 70 to 54. And, I just don't see where we get those extra 16 points from the first time around with the way that Villanova's been playing on defense. Yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't back Georgetown in this spot. As you know, Greg, I used to work up at Capital One Arena. It is a fan base that is almost non-existent at this point. And what would you really be excited about if you're a Georgetown fan? They just have not gotten it going, whether it was Patrick Ewing um, and under the new regime now. I remember being behind John Thompson III in line at a sandwich shop right outside Capital One Arena, too, and I wanted to ask him kind of what's plaguing this program. Maybe they need to go back on campus and play maybe a little bit more of a raucous environment, but I certainly would not be backing Georgetown in this spot. We know how good Kyle Neptune has his guys at Villanova how they shoot free throws and how they just do a great job distributing the basketball, getting it to their bigs. So yeah, this would be a spot. I don't like to lay these big time numbers. I like to maybe do a money line parlay with a Villanova and then potentially play an under perhaps given that I don't see Georgetown scoring a whole lot of points here. So yeah, they're a struggle bus city, the Georgetown Hoyas, and that might be the case for a couple of years here moving forward. Yeah, I do think that it's going to be a pretty long rebuild. At the very least, they were able to get that win over DePaul. They were not able to get the cover, but they got the win over DePaul, and they were able to avoid the shame there. As we've got Christian, he does great work over at WTOP Sports. Joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And as we know, out there in the DMV area, you're in prime area when it comes to the Atlantic 10 as well. And this has been a team that has been struggling recently. Really loved what I saw to George Washington towards the first half of the season. It has been going downhill from there, and now they're going to be playing us to UMass as a 7.5-point underdog. Total is 158.5. What do you make just for one out of this game? And two, not just George Washington, but really the landscape of the Atlantic 10, where it feels like Dayton is that very clear number one, and then everyone else, they're just scrapping and clawing to try to be able to be number two. Yeah, VCU has been struggling here a little bit as of late. I would say GW not exactly there yet. UMass under Frank Martin's been playing a lot better basketball here as of late. So I would say UMass could be a spot that I would look at here. Again, money line would probably be the play. I don't know that I would lay seven and a half here. It's not like GW has a 
bumping Smith Center down there in Foggy Bottom, D.C. Um, but, yeah, I would probably look at UMass here. And the name was escaping me, so I do have to come back to it. Ed Cooley, the head coach of Georgetown, not really sure that was necessarily the greatest upgrade. I don't know that you would have thrown a, a ton of money at that guy. I mean, he did a good job at Providence, but I just don't know that you're taking Georgetown to the next, you know, bigger heights here. So, yeah, we're, we're staying in the DMV talking about uh, the programs there. Yeah, I, I would be more optimistic if I was a GW fan, just given the comp level of competition that you're playing. Schools like LaSalle, um, you know, they're, they're beatable there. St. Joe's, things of that sort. You can sort of take care of business. And GW, Greg, what was it, like 20, 25 years ago, they were a juggernaut. So maybe they can get back to that level, just not there yet. Yeah, it's been really rough for GW. They need Pops Metzabon Sue back in the fold. That guy, like 20 or so years ago, I mean, he was really able to get that George Washington team rocking and rolling, but it's not been the case thus far this season. And I do think that we do have some very good action when it comes to the Big Ten as well, because I know that you were alluding to a game a bit earlier between Maryland and Wisconsin where that line had gotten a little bit too heavy. And as you know, I'm a man from the great state of Wisconsin, so you don't have to... You don't have to tell me twice to take a look at this one. Wisconsin versus Indiana. The Hoosiers are between four and a half to five point home underdogs. Total is 141 half. What do you make out of an Indiana team that has been just awful this year and a Wisconsin bunch that they were in the top 10 just about three and a half, four weeks ago. And here in the month of February, they have just toilet bowled. Well, AJ Store has gone absolutely ice cold from deep, it feels like. You also have Chuck, you know, Hepburn. He's solid. I don't think he's anything outstanding. And a point I made when I wrote for USA Today in the preview of Maryland versus Wisconsin, how are they going to cover seven and a half points with Stephen Crowell? No. And he put, what, eight points, eight boards. I mean, he's a big seven-footer for them. He's helpful. But this just isn't a Wisconsin team that I think is going to be covering any sort of big-time number. But Indiana has been such a big-time disappointment under head coach Mike Woodson. That's not a team. They've got a couple of freshmen that they've been asking to step up. I know a kid from Gladstone, New Jersey, the name pronunciation's escaping me. But, yeah, they are not somebody who I think. And then once Xavier Johnson went down, what are they, what, one and five since that injury? So, yeah, they seem to be a little bit lost. I know that he's back on the court. Status uncertain, but I highly doubt he plays in this one. So, yeah, it would be a spot. I know I'm giving you a lot of favorites tonight, Greg. Don't love that. But, um, yeah, it'd probably be a spot where I'd look at Yep, I don't blame you there. And then is there anything else that you are taking a look at on the Tuesday card? Because we do have a lot of really good games. Yeah, Penn State not having Kanye Clary. I'd imagine you're going to be getting some points in that spot there. That's somewhere I could look because as a guy who knows about Ace Baldwin playing at VCU from Baltimore, he's somebody who can keep his team in it. He averages like nearly like 39 minutes a game. So he's going to be on the court the whole time. Mike Rhodes, this former VCU head coach, we'll see if he can lead his team against Iowa to cover this seven and a half number you put on the screen there. I certainly think they would be able to do it. I'll probably take Penn State. And then that total of 161 half, Iowa at Carver Hawkeye Arena, 75 plus points in 32 out of their last 34 games. So they've been a machine just like Christian. He is a machine. He does great work over at WTOSP Sports. Coming up next, need to talk a little hockey with them as well, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Experience. 
introducing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to check out the all-new vcin.com, it's got a fresh new look, and we've got great articles every single day coming up to be able to make you smarter or better, whether you're taking a look at the MLB for the upcoming season, some NBA, college basketball plays. I know Wes Reynolds does a great job on golf, and plus, you able to get all of our tools, including my daily handicap college basketball lines, all the easier on the brand new, fresh look, vcin.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by Chris Sheehan. He does great work over at WTOP Sports. And Chris, I know you do a great job on so many different fronts. And I know you've been taking a look at the NHL recently as well. And just with regards to the landscape of what we are getting in the NHL, has there been anything that's really been standing out to you? Because I feel like there's been a lot of surprise teams this year. Coupled with that as well, a few teams that have just been about as fatable as it can get. I am looking at you, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, San Jose, a team to fade. Anaheim Duckside was on the Nashville Predators the other night. They got it done on the road. I'm on Dallas right now. They're taking on the Islanders. Last I saw it was 2-2. So Dallas is a team. Best in the West is what I'm kind of thinking at the moment. Now, obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights are the class of the NHL, being that they are the the defending Stanley Cup champions. But they're dealing with some injuries, and they have some guys who maybe aren't performing up to par from last year. I mean, you know, Jack Eichel, somebody that they're going to need back, and we'll see if that, you know, Mark Stone, too. They're going to need these key contributors in the playoffs. But you see the Stanley Cup odds here. The Panthers plus 750. They're the best team in the NHL. You paid Bob. That's working out. I watched this video, Greg, to get myself fired up when I may not have the best day. Paul Maurice last year against the Toronto Maple Leafs, second period, they had just turned the puck over. Paul Maurice tore his team a new one. They played with their butts on fire. The remainder of the season went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. And now, to me, are the best team in hockey. Every line is good. Their defense sacrifices and blocks pucks. Oilers having goaltending problems at the moment. So they're a team that are always juiced high as far as a favorite is concerned. I liked pairing them potentially with the Stars tonight. I know they were losing to the Kings 1-0 in the first period. So that is not a potentially winning bet for me. But the Lightning I'm seeing on your board there as well. They've been catching some steam here a little bit, Greg. Big-time weekend for them. They went to the tri-state area, defeated the Islanders and the New Jersey Devils this weekend after losing a couple prior. Andre Vasilevsky having some questions about his durability and whether he's still an elite goaltender. I think his performance over the weekend against the Islanders proves he can still really make some big-time saves. He just... It is a little bit beatable. He is a little bit beatable. You get some traffic in front of him, and there can be some holes, but he's still a goaltender I'd like to have in the postseason. But, yeah, just mentioning the teams that are on your board there and some of the ones that I've found the most profitable, the Rangers. I mean, they just won 10 in a row. I know they lost to Columbus, but that was not a spot I would have bet on them personally. I mean, you're asking a lot from this team, playing four games in six days on the road, getting Columbus's best shot. So, yeah, it was not a surprise to me that that 10-game losing streak or winning streak was snapped. But New York, to me, it's going to be New York and Florida potentially in the Eastern Conference Finals. But don't count out Toronto because they're getting really hot too. But Toronto is another one of these teams 
outstanding in the regular season. When it comes to the postseason, they always seem to choke. So uh, I'll bet on Toronto now, but when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know. Yeah, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, they were finally able to get the monkey off their back last season with being able to win a series, but it has been rough for them. And they are going to be in action on Tuesday against the Vegas Golden Knights at home. This is a goal total of a six half shaded down to the under, which you don't find very often with the Maple Leafs with the way that they have been incredibly explosive with their just goal scoring in general. The goaltending, it has been a little bit more suspect this season. But how do you take a look at this spot with the Maple Leafs being in a lot of places right around about a minus 160 favor with that goal total at a six and a half? Yeah, I would like Toronto there on that money line. Probably it's a lot of juice to lay. Maybe I would look potentially at a uh, puck line spot against Vegas would be tough to do, especially given how well Aiden Hill's been playing. So, yeah, I say Toronto would be the move on a money line situation if you want to potentially parlay that with Tampa, who I knew was going to be in action against the Flyers on Tuesday. But Toronto just, even though they have to adjust their lines a little bit, and there was Morgan Riley who got bumped down because of his silly hit after the play on the empty net goal, and which led to the suspension. You got John Tavares not exactly playing at the highest of level these days. I mean, he's just getting older now, but Austin Matthews, he'll be right there in the conversation for the Hart Trophy with Nikita Kucherov as far as the MVP of the league. I mean, he's just scoring goals at will per the usual. Nylander, Marner, these guys are strong too. So to me, this is a Toronto team. Goaltending will be a question mark, but they're getting wall back. Don't know who's going to necessarily be a net there, but if I'm looking at a spot, you like what Toronto does defensively too. They're willing to sacrifice. And they're a team that has been accused of playing with finesse in the past, but the games that I've watched them play, I almost feel like that Morgan Riley incident made Sheldon Keefe, you know, not quite to the level of Paul Maurice, but it's almost lit a fire under him and, and this team. They've been playing a little bit harder here as of late, rolling these wins and at home. I mean, Toronto's fan base is one of the best in the entire league, of course. So it'll be a raucous atmosphere, I'm sure. And yeah, I would take a shot at the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. Yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they've been able to get a little bit more of their goaltending recently, and there's been no question about Austin Matthews and what he's been able to provide for this offense. As joining me on the show, we've got Christian. He does great work over at WTOP Sports. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And I do think that we've got ourselves another interesting one that is going to be going down on Tuesday as well with these two hooking up. It's the Vancouver Canucks who have been one of the biggest surprises in all of hockey this year, playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who... I feel like that's one of those teams that we don't know what to make out of them because they've got so many players that have been around for so long. They've got the experience, but they certainly are having a little bit of a changing of the guard out there in Pittsburgh. And with the uh, Penguins, they're about a plus 130, plus 135 underdog. Total on this game is a six half with regards to goal total. How do you take a look at this game and just the Vancouver Canucks overall? Because there were some expectations for Vancouver coming into the season, but I really feel like they've been one of the biggest surprises of the season. Yeah, I mean, Vancouver's an outstanding team. When they made that trade for Lindholm, there was some question as to whether that rocked the boat and messed with chemistry. And there's been a lot of talk I've listened to from GMs on different media outlets. And a lot of the talk is, at the deadline, do you really want to make a big-time splash? You really just kind of want to fine-tune what's working for you. I mean, Pedersen 
Bruce Boudreau would talk about it when he was coaching this team as one of the best, you know, guys he's ever coached before in his career. And he's coached guys like Alex Ovechkin. So that's high praise there. Uh, we, we know how the Canucks are able to score the puck too, but the Penguins, you know, Kyle Dubas was, was handed a tough uh, card when he took over this team. You're not rebuilding, but, and Sidney Crosby still playing at a very high level. You've got Evgeny Mock in there, Gensel, these guys. Goaltending has been a question mark. I know that their playoff percentage at this point is like somewhere near where the Islanders are, like 5%. So they, they got to have every game. Pittsburgh is not a Stanley Cup contender here. It would have to be Vancouver for me, just given how, I mean, they've got Hughes, too, on that back end who does a great job as well. They're just a stacked team. And... Yeah, I got to believe that Vancouver, if you want to do one of those money line favorite parlays, they could be a spot that you look at. Yep, I do think that that's a good look there. And we've got about 90 seconds remaining. Anything else that you are going to be taking a look at on the NHL card for Tuesday is we've got a pretty loaded card. I believe that we've got 12 games in total. Yeah, I'll be writing for USA Today, the preview of the Lightning Flyers game. And I got to imagine before I even get pen to paper, I'm going to be liking Tampa here. Just given how Kucherov's been playing, Brandon Hagel's got like a 10-plus game point streak. It, uh, Like I mentioned before, it appears that Andre Vasilevsky is getting back to form. Tampa's problem long-term is going to be defensively. When they lost Sergachev, he is a key cog and a guy who blocks shots. Now, Chernak's a good defenseman, and Victor Hedman is a potential future Hall of Famer. And, you know... I got to see more out of Steven Stamkos here lately because he's been taking a lot of shots and missing the net. But to me, the Flyers, I mean, Konechny's good offensively, but Urson's played a lot. He leads all rookies in minutes played. So he might be kind of getting a little bit tired here, body not used to the, you know, these are the dog days of the NHL season. So yeah, Tampa, even on the road, I mean, they've done just fine, uh, you know, doing that so far with this trip to New Jersey, Philadelphia. So I think they keep it rolling and get a win once again. And a man that is always keeping it rolling with regards to baseball, NHL, college basketball, you name it, he does it. That'd be you, Chris. You do great work over at WTOP Sports along with USA Today, and I always do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Greg, love being on with you, my dude. Can't wait to join you again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Chris does an absolutely tremendous job on so many different fronts. And to wrap up the show next, we're going to be taking a look at what we've all got on the college basketball front for Tuesday. Get you guys the latest in terms of the beer review bracket as well, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code of Visa when you do. Because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is indeed yours. As we're back here for the final segment of the night, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. You're listening live to this fine program. Coming up next, we're going to be getting Visa tonight. That's with... Matt Humans along with Wes Reynolds. They do an absolutely tremendous job. They're going to get you guys prepared for what we're all seeing in golf. I know that they're doing a great job taking a look at the NFL offseason. They as well do an amazing job with regards to college basketball. So 
They are men of very, very many skills, and it is my job to get you to VEASAN tonight safely, hopefully with a little bit more money in pocket. And along the way, we've got ourselves a little bit of madness as well, because March Madness, it is here before we know it. And with regards to beer reviews, we have tried to sort of embody that sort of energy with regards to our reviews. We're going matchup by matchup with these breweries in the beer review bracket. And could we see an upset in the 1-8 matchup? Let's dive in on Hoops on Hops. You have the number one seed in the bracket. That would be Guinness and a personal favorite of mine going up against Anheuser-Busch. They had to get by Miller Lite in the play-in matchup, which the committee did a very good job of being able to see that play-in. I know that there might have been a little bit of tomfoolery there, but that said, with our play-in winner of Anheuser-Busch being able to survive in advance, they decided that they were going to throw the ultimate weapon. And that is my favorite beer from back when I was in college, Bud Light Platinum. And we all have those beers that were our go-to when it came to college. But with Bud Light Platinum, instead of it being like a 4.1, 4.2 alcohol by volume beer that you typically would get in like your Miller Lights, your Bud Lights, that comes in at 6% and it doesn't hurt the waistline. And it actually tastes pretty good as well. It was going up against Geddes, who... I've already reviewed their regular Guinness. I've already reviewed their extra stuff. So they went with the Harp Lager, and it was pretty good. It's a very fair beer. It does a good job of just being very refreshing, a relatively multi beer. But that said, had to go with Bud Light Platinum in this one. The number one overall seed in the field goes down. Eight and a half is what I gave the Harp Lager. Nine for Bud Light Platinum. And I know that I'm probably going to catch a little bit of slander for giving that high of a score to Bud Light Platinum, but I think that it's really the best product that they've got. Like, I am taking Bud Light Platinum any day over regular Bud Light. I don't think there's comparing the two. Like, I am very surprised that Bud Light is their more popular product when you've got Bud Light Platinum, which is more alcohol by volume. It's better tasting, in my opinion. It just gets the job done, and that's typically what you look for in a beer. There are some that are looking for like fancy IPAs and everything like that. And from time to time, it's nice to be able to indulge there. But with a beer, you just want to get the job done. Bud Light Platinum does that and it does so oh so well. And that's what we're going to be looking to do with regards to this. We want to get the job done with regards to taking a look at this college basketball board for Tuesday. If you did miss it before, I went through my write-up pick that we do have for Tuesday. I was looking at Mississippi State, hoping to get them as like a little bit of an underdog or something like that. Well, right now they're finding themselves as a three and a half. And now I'm seeing them at DraftKings as a four and a half point favorite. This is starting to get up a little bit too lofty for me. Like at a four and a half, that is certainly a five point for me on Kentucky, but still do see some value with what I did write up. And that'd be the under in this spot. Right now we're finding it anywhere between about a 156 at DraftKings, seeing as high as a 157 half. So do shop around accordingly. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that they see the last game that Kentucky played. That's where they look like the literal monsters scoring 101 points with nine minutes remaining in the second half against Alabama. And they're going to be all aboard that over. But I do like the under with a Mississippi State team has been very good defensively, top 30 in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. You've got Tolu Smith back at the fold after he was missing throughout non-conference play as well. And this Kentucky Wildcats team, as strange as it is, they're actually giving up a full point less per one earned possessions when they're away from home rather than when they are at home. Like, you look at their last two road showings against LSU and Auburn, 
they actually held up with regards to their defense there. And I do think that John Calipari is going to continue to try to preach a little bit of defense to this Kentucky team. And for Mississippi State, they say in relative control, they're a mid-tempo team. They've been able to do a nice job in terms of being able to hit the glass, and they themselves, not a great three-point shooting team. Meanwhile, for Mississippi State, they are number four in the country in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage going up against the Kentucky team that now well, they've been able to maximize their points this year. Oh, yeah, by shooting the three as they're number one in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. It's battle of strength on strength. I typically like to default a little bit more to the defense in this one. I do think that the size that Mississippi State has to offer against the more versatility of Kentucky, I do think that Mississippi State wins out. I do like Mississippi State to be able to win on the money line, but like I said, it's number of four and a half that I'm starting to see is starting to get a little bit too lofty. Like, I said Mississippi State as a three-point favorite. If you're able to catch a four and a half that I'm seeing right now, that would be a nice buy point for me on Kentucky as well, as I do think that this is going to be a one, maybe two possession game. So, looking at that under with my write-up, and now that we're getting north of three, I think that the value is just gone on this Mississippi State team, but there is some value when it comes to taking a look at the Big 12 for Tuesday. How about if we dive in here? But before we do that, I do want to give you guys what we're seeing live in terms of the Big 12 game that we've got for tonight as well. As right now, you've got an interesting game between Baylor and TCU. It's ECU not giving you a whole heck of a lot. Right now, TCU is down 51-33. to 33. If you're looking at the live line, you're laying double figures right now with Baylor and just has not been... TCU's night thus far, and we shall see if they're able to get back in this game. And I do have to alert you of this as well. This is not a drill. This is not a test right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network. But right now, you've got Mississippi Valley State with a lead. That is significant as they have not won a game all season long. We've got 362 Division I teams in college basketball. All but one have won at least one game. That lone outlier is Mississippi Valley State. They're up 33-32 to 32 on Prairie View, and the live line is you're still getting 8.5 with Mississippi Valley State. That's how low of regard they're in right now in terms of the college basketball landscape. Oh, it's down. It's actually because they scored a few buckets. Now this is down to 4.5 that you're able to get with Mississippi Valley State. Still a little bit hilarious, though, that you're able to get a live line of Mississippi Valley State at plus 4.5 with them currently leading with 13 minutes remaining in the second half. So they want to keep you guys abreast there, but do you want to take a look at this game? It is 629, 630 on the card. Houston is going to be playing us to Cincinnati. In the words of Bill Belichick, we are on to Cincinnati, and they're on to being underdogs at 13.5 points on this game. They're between 132 and 133, and I think we just went a little bit too far here. This was an opener of 12.5, and, and I agreed with the opener of 12.5. Now that we're up to 13, 13.5, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Cincinnati. And the biggest reason why is I do think that Cincinnati holds in this game because they're one of the best rebounding teams in all of college basketball. Aziz Bendango, he comes over from the WAC. He was actually the WAC Defensive Player of the Year when he was at Utah Valley last year. He's able to give you a block, block and after contest, throws in there eight rebounds. Someone that was a two-time transfer that did not have a waiver at the beginning part of the season. So he's been able to give this Cincinnati team a very nice boost. They go, do go up against a Houston team that has been just dominant on the glass and you know what you're going to get out of the season team. You know that you're going to get tough, tenacious defense. You know that this team is going to guard the three-point arc, but Cincinnati actually has a better rebound rate here than Houston. Houston is 23rd in the country. The Cincinnati team is 7th. Now, Juwan Roberts has been very solid on the glass. For Houston, you're able to have Emmanuel Sharp be oh so versatile and 
just with regards to a scoring standpoint, you do have the better shooters on the Houston side in this one. As for Cincinnati, the main downfall that you do have with this team, they don't have a lot of guys that they really pop up from three-point range. You've had Day-Day Thomas, Pisaja, be able to throw in there about 10 or so points per contest. Jizzle James, one of the more interesting names in all of college basketball, the son of Hedron James. He's been able to give you a little bit of production out there in the backcourt, but you do have to go up against Jamal Shedd along with LJ Cryer. Cryer, he's able to shoot about 37, 38% from three-point range, applying Houston with double figures, and then Rashad, he's just oh so efficient. Houston, we always regard with regards to their defense as being one of the best teams in all of college basketball. This offense is really efficient as well. It just doesn't look that way because when you play as slowly as Houston does, they're a bottom 30 team in the country in terms of total possessions per game. You're not saying you're like, ooh, they scored 70 points or anything like that. You're just looking at the 70 and being like, yeah, well, it's only average day. But this is a Houston team that if you look at things from a purpose possession basis, they're 28th in all of college basketball with regards to their offensive efficiency, and they are averaging 13 more points per 100 possessions at home rather than in a road or neutral court venue. And a lot of that is because Jamal Shedd does such a nice job taking care of the ball. Team only turns the ball over about nine and a half times for contest. And Shedd has been seeing a little bit of an uptick in his scoring as well. But I do think that with someone like a Victor Lakeen, who's able to do a solid job, giving you a few rebounds, he's got some stretch ability, he's able to pop some threes. I do think that Cincinnati is going to be able to hold in this game. First time these two teams played, it was rather nip and tuck in the first half. Houston was able to separate in the second half, but that was a single-digit game out there in Cincinnati. I do think that Cincinnati is going to have a little bit of a tougher time with this game being out there in the great state of Texas, but I do feel like we went a little bit too far on this one. Set my line at 12, so I'm going to be looking to take the points, and I do think that it's going to be a struggle for both teams to score. Maybe by total 130, so also looking at the under, and what we're taking a look at next here on VEASAN, that'd be VEASAN tonight with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. <laughs> 